Yeah, man, evening coffee. You know, you got to do morning coffee, afternoon coffee, evening coffee, right? <laughs> I can't do the coffee much anymore, especially later when I still have to work out because that shakes my God, I can't do All that pre-workout, man, it'll get you. Dude, I haven't been able to do pre-workout in years because I do that a lot of that CrossFit, nimbly, bimbly, crazy, jumping around stuff. So Pre-workout. <laughs> Bro, so hey, first off, thanks for taking the time to join me, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man, I hope my feed's good. We got a little bit of a monsoon storm kind of blowing through here in Arizona. So I was like, uh-oh. We had that earlier. Really good so far, Ed. Okay? Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, cool, cool. And uh, I asked the people that are watching, uh, oh, my mom's on board. What up, moms? Um, Hi, mom. <laughs> so... Been from skill set, so we didn't strike out. I know the first week you were sick. We we're supposed to do. I last week. Here we are. Yeah. So. Hey, it's supposed to be so, right? It is what it is. It is, and so uh, also again. So thanks for having me or joining. And it's uh, this is the season finale for season one. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, I was saying before you joined, I was, I was telling somebody that today, and they're like, I didn't know there was. Right, start September first um, with show and uh, stuff, look sponsors, all that thing. So, it, dang, sounds like good times, man. It is, man. It's just it's crazy. So, my man, ben, um, for those that don't know what Skillset Magazine is, can you give us like a a quick breakdown? Or my buddy Paul from Urban Savage, he likes to say, give us the Reader's Digest version of what Skillset is. Sure, man. We're uh, Alpha Lifestyle Magazine that uh, celebrates our two-way rights in this wonderful country of ours that we're so lucky to have through uh, so many people that have, uh, you know, paid with their lives and the ultimate sacrifice to make what I do able to be what I do. And that's uh, continue to just run my mouth and push awesome stuff through the uh, through the magazine. You know, we're you know, like when I say guy stuff, we're not we're not really guy stuff. We're alpha stuff, and alpha doesn't mean guy. It means like we just do things on the cutting edge, elites, fringe nectar of society. It means some guys like to work on their cars, and we're the guys that like to work on them until two a.m. Some guys like to jump out of planes, and then there's other guys that do it in the military for twenty four for twenty years. Some guys like to play rock and roll with their buds on the weekend, and that's cool. And then other guys have to take it to that next level and start a band and start touring and put out an album in their 40s or something. That's kind of like that alpha extreme lifestyle. Guys that are guys that are working a full-time gig, and then they have a full-time gig of their own, like banging out knives or turquoise jewelry in the shop at night. You know what I mean? We're kind of that magazine. You're never going to get a PhD reading our magazine, but you might learn something. You might learn something you didn't know, and it might be the primer course or the catalyst that kicks you off down that road of that next thing in life on that adventure or that skill set that you're looking for. That's kind of what skill set, the brand, as I like to say, is all about these days, you know? I love it. I came across it, I think, you guys through BC, Sanders, and Jason. Um, so I've got the website pulled up over here. Um, I haven't got the – I'm going to subscribe to the magazine because I still like the a physical – hard book in my hand to read or a magazine to look through like you know we used to have to do when we were kids but right uh, we, we first spoke a, a few months ago and you had me look at the website i've got it up now and so just for the listeners if you want to check it out like literally something for everyone the first time i looked at it i was like oh my god this is like toys for adults 
<laughs> it's kind of, um, it's, here's what we found out. We're guys, and the way that some of us are wired, like myself, I'm not just a car guy. I'm not just a guy. I tell everybody, oh, you gotta, oh, you're into guns or firearms. You're instantly labeled, and it's like, but that's not what I'm about. Most of us, and I say most Americans, most people, I think, we're really not one thing. We're multifaceted. You can follow a rock star and then find out the guy collects horror masks or something. You can find a custom car maker and find out he's really into guns. You can, you know, and I think that's where the magazine kind of develops and takes off from. The fact that we have so many hobbies, so many interests. And when you went to the newsstand, as you said, that physical copy, at the time, about five, six, seven years ago now, when this idea first came to light, there wasn't really anything representative of that on the newsstand. Um, there's a few magazines, you know, that help you get in shape and things like that. I'm not really looking to get six-pack abs. I like to, like, make sure I'm, I'm good enough to get out of the house if it catches on fire at night, right? I'm good enough to help a guy if he puts his motorcycle down and triage a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> I, don't really need, I don't need glamour abs. I don't, I don't really, so those magazines don't really touch on my – I don't really – like, I, I do the hat. I don't really worry. You look like me. You don't really worry about gel in the hair. So <laughs> – so no offense to those mags, but they didn't speak to me. And a lot of the guys that I was looking to my left and right hanging out with, they didn't really talk to us. So the best thing you could do is, like, you know, take, take the bull by your horn, so to speak, and make a magazine that kind of appeals to guys like us and kind of hits all those things. For some, of us, for some of us, I know, like yourself, right, maybe you, maybe you went off and you joined the military and you got a little bit of X, Y, and Z. For some of us, we chose a different path. And, you know, that's a good point. I guess I'll stop on that. Maybe I can't believe how many times I look around now in my 40s and there's guys, maybe it's, they're getting back into learning stuff because they have kids now and they're, they're trying to teach these fundamentals to those kids. Maybe they have a second wife they're working on, a second relationship, and they're trying to get that person involved more in the things that they like, and here's a good place to do that. Maybe it's just they missed out on it. They didn't have a strong mother or father figure or they didn't have a military background, and they never – you know, I never learned how to fish. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't have that. And that's the kind of things we're trying to hit with the magazine. And more importantly, these days, that's the kind of things we're trying to hit with the website. Because as we all know, we're getting throttled like crazy out here on social media. And it was really, really an eye-opening event for me during the two years of COVID, how much people were spending time on that, on, that, on that box again, even on the mobile. And I was like, man, our website really doesn't match the print side of things, we were crushing it on print. We were crushing it. But it really wasn't carrying over to the digital side of things where people were now spending more of their time. So we kind of just took a look at that. I took a look at that at the beginning of the year and was like, this is where we need to focus. This is where we need to be. And second to that, we can kind of have a little bit of control of the content and the stuff that's there, whereas we have zero control, as you know, on what happens on social media and they allow people to see. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, man. You gotta uh, cut me off, bro. I'll run forever. No, you're good. I got. I wrote some notes, so I got some points to cover. I even labeled them one, two, three. How I'm gonna cover them. So I like too what you did because I've seen that before. There's our boy Marcus right there, man. What's up, brother? Love you, guy. Is talking about there was nothing that that suited right on the newsstand. That's what I love too. It's just like I couldn't find anything that I liked, so I made what I wanted myself. And that's what that's what I love, and that's kind of the circle that we generate to that, that we kind of keep company with is like, if you find what you like, don't settle for something. Don't just oh, I'll right. that's what's here. No, fuck that. Make it because you're probably going to find other people in the same company that like the same thing and contribute and that. So I love that. First off, two viewers, you were kind of saying before, like there's different people, some car guys. 
mechanics, some hunters and fishers. It's as we get older, you might be the same way, but I am more attracted to how if someone is genuinely committed to something. That's more appealing to me. It doesn't matter what the something is. I'm buying yes. people these days. And then it's like, you're a fucking real dude. I appreciate how genuine you are. And you make, it doesn't matter if you're a janitor, but if you're fully committed to that and you love your trade and you got the cleanest floors ever, you know what I mean? It's like, dude. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. To be around that. It doesn't matter what the, the, that is. It's the person, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah, no, absolutely. It's funny. Uh, two things on that, right? Like, <laughs> You're going to take me down memory lane here. So I used to be a janitor in a bowling alley. And I've said on a podcast before that it was the, probably the – this is a pretty good job. But that was a great job. And one of the reasons it was a great job, as funny as that may sound, is because I had control over everything that happened. Once that manager locked me out in the night, until he came back to lock me out in the morning, like, dude, vacuuming, ashtrays, toilets, like, mirrors and the lipstick and the little tricks you i took pride in making sure when people walked in it was going to be the best place to get drunk for the next 24 hours <laughs> so we just think like i feel like we're step brothers because we may have just become best friends i was on a bowling league for three years during my breaking service oh yeah tipped for bowling it was like 36 weeks a year we were bowling yeah I yeah yeah or to a monday we and this was when uh this was years back too. memory lane is my breaking service and I was living in the house with a bunch of dudes, and we were. It was when poker was a huge hold'em was on, was on fire. Chris Money made. Yeah. It. So we would play poker tournaments all weekend. All right, Friday night we're talking about Monday. Who we who we bowling against Monday night? What's our handicap? Man, I remember that asshole last night. You remember Ben? Yeah, dude, he's fucking picking up all the spares. We got to take yeah. him. Out. And just the and you get real people that comes back to bowling alley like there ain't no fan there. You know what I mean? It's like. Down and rough and dirty, and the spray in the shoes of Lysol and the arcade games and stuff. Bro, like, you can imagine being a nighttime janitor sneaking your friends in through the door. We used to candle bin bowl at night. I would learn how, like, my manager, like, we had a manager. He quit. He quit working there. Actually, the me the mechanic quit first because he was he was doing some side business that was more lucrative. Well, so I learned how to. I worked my way into mechanic, learning how to lube those lanes, which is great because at yeah. the time I was still bowling like three leagues or something. I would have old-timers that would, like, you know, they, they want the ball from a league, so they pay your dues just to get the equipment. Yeah. I would only bowl in scratch leagues. I wouldn't bowl in handicap leagues. We would play for cards. You know, you, you get a strike, you get a card. Yep. <laughs> I bowled one season. One season. Tell me if you ever did this, Dust. I bowled one season with my left hand just to establish an average. That's how bad I was into it. I got – I got – I got nothing on that. That's that's. I never got a three hundred in the books. You ever get a three hundred in the books? No. No, I, I got my seven hundred. Right, I got my seven hundred, and I got I got my I got my like two ninety sevens, <laughs> but I never got a three hundred in league. In practice, I I did it like three times, yeah. but uh, never did it in league <laughs> where it mattered. <laughs> I couldn't perform. I'm not quite as good as you. You're you're better than me on that. Cause my high game was like a two sixty two maybe. I did get a seven hundred, and then I picked up a six seven ten in league one night. Mm. that's awesome at night bro i would just i would just practice six seven tens and ten pins all night i would just rack it rack it with a ten yeah. pin rack it rack and just throw all night throw all night but something else you said right there uh, referring to mopping the floors or whatever that's gotten you that's why you have and are successful in how you are now because you took mopping the floors and setting up that bowling alley as if it was yours and your name was on it that's and right you 
set you up to this now, what you're doing. Now it's the same principle and work ethic, except it's a magazine. People don't understand. Like, if, if you aren't going to put pride in a damn toilet, then how can you run a fucking club? Yeah, and you know, like, I, I'm a little bit of a car guy, right? And up until, let's see, my son is 15 now, just turned 15, right? We brought him home in, like, a 1967 Pontiac Tempest. That was my wife's granddad's car, right? And uh, that was the newest car we owned at the time. We had to go out and buy a responsible car with air conditioning and a four doors and a child seat after that. <laughs> but the point is, like, we never had new cars. And, it, and you know, we could have. We could have like anybody else. We just didn't. But it didn't mean that we didn't treat the cars that we had like new cars. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I have an old car right now. Like, I've got, I've got a few old cars. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. I'm washing them on the week. Sunday's car day. Cars and yards, right? You get out and you wash that car and you wipe. It doesn't matter that the windshield's got a crack and it. it doesn't matter that there's spilled coffee on it. I clean the coffee up off that seat, even though it's got rips in it, just like it was a brand new BMW. I've always taken care of what I've had. Like it was the best thing in life to me because it was the best thing to me at that time in my life. <laughs> yeah, man, I think it's Denzel. He's got a lot of the memes saying, it's like, it doesn't matter what your job is. If you're working at McDonald's, be the best damn McDonald's employee you can. Yeah make golden crispy fries every time you drop a basket, or if you're the freaking CEO of a company, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? The, the, what you put into it, you're stamping your name on it. And I tell a lot of people too, and younger, younger kids, we're getting old. Anybody younger than 30, I call a kid these days. <laughs> I know, right? You know, you try to tell them, it's like, hey man, like, and I'm trying to teach my kids these already. I have to be careful because they're only eight and 10. So I have to check myself because like, I don't, you know, they're a little too young for some of these lessons. But it's like, look, the way that you carry yourself, the, the way we walk, talk, act, dress, all those things. We're telling people how we want to be treated every day. You know what I mean? And yes, sir. By, by simply standing up to shake somebody's hands, to me, those like the people that know, no. The, the people that are going to matter, identify. You know what I mean? doesn't care or whatever, like, hey, what's up, man? Cool. Like, I'm not saying you don't matter, but it's like that. I don't necessarily ever want you to work for me because you know what I mean? It's just those small things add up to the big things. And the, again, the people that matter notice those. Yeah, absolutely, man. I would agree with that with a hundred percent. It all starts with putting your shopping cart back. Am I right? <laughs> Put your shopping cart back. <laughs> Cause I do that every time. I remember we were in, um, I was staying and I forget the uh, city there. It wasn't Columbus. It was like Phoenix city or something like that. This was over a decade ago. And my wife at the time, we uh, it must have been because Branson, my oldest, we had a dirty diaper. We changed him in the car. And she asked me, she's like, should I just throw this on the ground? And I was like, look. And Phoenix City is kind of dirty. I was like, just because we're in Phoenix City doesn't mean we're going to act like we live in Phoenix City. You know what I mean? We're going to throw it away. Yeah. I'll talk forever, too. You can cut me off anytime. No, bro. You're good. You're good, man. You're smart. You got the water there, too. I got the water down here. It's within reach when I run out. Yeah. I got a my, uh, patty at the church. I love this What place. is that? Look at that. Yeah. Nice. Comedy show. You can come through sometime. That'd be dope, man. Comedy show in here tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Oh, that's fabulous, man. Good stuff. But yeah, taking ownership of something, um, that's just – I don't know whether it's through people being lazy or timid maybe, feeling like – I know a lot of times it's kind of bashfulness or like, well, I don't know – if I should like take, you know, I would rather 
have to tell, like with my soldiers or Marines, I, I would tell them, I would rather have to tell you to chill out and step back from doing something that's right than having to tell you all the time, dude, let's go, man, let's go, let's go, pick it up, do this, clean better. I don't have to reel you in and tell you like, hey, you're doing great. You're doing great. Don't, yeah, but chill out a little bit. I think that's one of the things that's overlooked. Like you guys, like in the military, you probably give it a little bit better, right? Like, but like I know, I know, like from a workspace, from a blue collar work background, like there was nothing, and I never planned it this way. Just like I didn't plan to be the editorial director of Skillset Magazine right now. That's not, I didn't plan to be the the maintenance guy at a bowling alley. I didn't plan to be a warehouse manager. I didn't plan to be the event lead. I didn't plan to be the master of ceremonies when I started working event. I always just was like, this looks kind of fun. And then before you knew it, you were up here dealing with all the crap, wishing you were back down here. <laughs> but one of the things that helps people get here like that is, and I wasn't always this way, man. Let's be clear. Like, it took, I was slow. Like, it took me a while in life to figure things out. Yeah. But the thing you start to notice is, one, don't ever, like, there's that, there's that saying, right? Like, uh, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. And there's a lot of truth to that. Like, if you want to make $15 an hour, I don't know, do $20 an hour work. How about that? <laughs> in other words, I can never understand. Like, you know I'm the boss. You know I'm the guy in charge, right? You're the man. You're coming around. And you're just hanging out on a rack with a broom propped up. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, get busy, get to work. It shows initiative. It shows that you got it. And maybe, maybe one day the boss cruises by, sees you still busting butt when you could be slacking and goes, I'm going to let these guys kick out 10 minutes early. You know, because <laughs> they've been busting their hump every time I walk by. What's something we should look for in the current issue of Ballistic and Skillset Magazine? First off, that's a great question because this is the first month that we've uh, kind of combined, combined <laughs> and joined forces. Tried to put those two words together there and uh, kind of stuck Skillset inside of Ballistic. And I'll tell you, there's, there's a, a few good reasons for that. One was what we started talking this wonderful interview with at the beginning, and that was focusing kind of on the web. Right, kind of getting digital up to match the quality and content we were putting in the magazine. And the thing that made that decision a little bit easier was with the current status of the world the past couple of years. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but every time our due date, including this one, was supposed to be, let's say, June 1st, and you're going to be ready for Blade Show, all of a sudden the printer calls and says, guess what, Mary Clary needed new paper or... GQ gets more ink, and they're more important than you, so you guys get bumped. So this was another thing that made a decision easier to go, you know what, let's go ahead and let's combine forces and put these two magazines together. You guys do great gun content and firearms content. We do great skill set, what we do. Now, we touch in the firearms space a little bit. Like I said, we celebrate 2A rights and, and all that good stuff. But we're kind of more known for, you know, letting loose at the end of the day and giving you some fun stuff. Sure. So on that note, in this issue, one of the things you can look forward to, and this has to be like a timely topic, don't call me Nostradamus or nothing, but we've got a little article called Snippet Good that just happens to deal with male vasectomies and what you should expect, maybe if you're going to get clipped. Because it's a thing when you get older and you're not looking to have babies anymore, we never meant it to be a controversial to topic or subject or anything. It just happens to be that maybe we predicted the future a little bit, like Skillset tends to do, and release something that's very timely right now. So there's something that nobody else knows unless you're a subscriber and you got this last week or today in your mailbox, because the issue just went on sale yesterday. So go out and get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to. 
And then, so great answer. Thanks for your question. We got another one from her, but something you just said reminded me of something. We'll come back to that question. That's going to be about the writers. If you can read that one. Yes, really great writers. How did these people distinguish themselves as skill set worth? So let's finish this. And I'm going to address that one. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of these people probably follow Jocko Willink. Everybody knows good old Jocko, you know, oh, yeah. freedom, things like that. Describe exactly how it fits thing. I like this in the gym that the alpha male shit sometimes like a bit that on. But his thing of like when there's a problem, good. Heard that one? You familiar with that? Yeah. It, to me, as soon as you were talking about that last part, I thought of that with good. Like, well, hey, here's a problem, guys. We're not getting a lot of push with the magazine. Everybody's out of paper. Everybody's out of ink. We just had that same problem tonight in a meeting here at with with here. Everybody. So there's two different perspectives. One would be like, well, I, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait on the paper to come out. Or it's Jocko, just like you guys said, good. Paper shortage, we'll work on our digital stuff. Good. Fuck the paper. We're going to make digital. That's it. That's a perfect example right there. You develop that perspective and you see it across the board. You don't have to, it, it flows naturally. To me, that's a good fit, what I just heard. You know, you know and, and one of the things that a lot of people aren't seeing the full picture on on that, that, I'm, that I appreciate you having me on here to try and dig a little deeper into is exactly this topic. You, like, that last issue we printed was 140,000 distributions uh, worldwide. So there's, for every issue, right, like issue 22 comes out, there's 140,000 issues that get out into the world. Now, how many get bought? How many actually make it to the shelves? I, I don't know, because there's so many people throttling your content these days. <laughs> Who knows if it ever even gets to the store? But the point is, I can tell you from day one, when we printed around 7,000 magazines to now, it's still around a dollar an issue to, to, to cost. That's what it costs us to make. Wow. So you can imagine how much more you can do with a digital budget when you're able to cut your print cost 140000 right off the top. Ah. And now you're seeing that effect carry over into the digital side of things where we had a problem, great, let's fix it, let's address it. Oh, by the way, where did all this money come from to work on this? And put five new articles up every week, four to five weeks a month. Well, it came from that irrelevant print budget that's no longer an issue. Yep. So we took the money from that and were able to allocate it into pushing not only that, but the things you don't see behind the scenes, like the wonderful team I have working with me. We went out, we were able to acquire an SEO person from a big brand. All this person does is worry about making our website awesome, 24 hours a day. That's it. She's a rock star, and we're so lucky to have her. Yeah. We have other people that go out, and they, they, they help us find articles. Now I can afford to have guys out at shows and beaten feet and boots on the ground again. Now I can have people that maybe we want to – you know, we don't like to be a pay-for-play type of magazine. And what I mean by that is, you know, we don't like to say, hey, send us some stuff and we'll review it. What we like to do is, like, out of my own pocket sometimes, buy stuff, use it, test it. Me and Marcus even will beat some crap up. <laughs> and maybe it shows up in the magazine or something. We like to have that real honest kind of feedback or stuff, that perspective, that, that into the magazine. So by freeing up a lot of this capital by not having to pay 140,000 issue print bill, believe me, you're going to notice some differences here in skill set in the future. And I yeah. think if you're visiting the website every day, you're already noticing it in the quality of content that these writers are providing. So, which probably leads into this question. <laughs> yeah, it does. So I'll, I'll, uh, I want to address it from my perspective first, just uh, because I'm kind of beginning the process of trying to get it, get a, to be a contributor with you guys. Um, the question again is, you have some really great writers. How did these people distinguish themselves as skill set worthy? 
So uh, I'll, I'll touch on it real quick, my thought, and then I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, from BC, Sanders and Jason Piccillo, Um I think I said that right, right, Jason Piccillo, He's got uh, – Sounds right. Right. So – Don't forgive us. They have pride in, like what we were talking about before, they've got pride being associated with you and skill set, right? And then I became associated with them. We're talking. We hit it off. I did their podcast. They come on mine. We share writings because I'm like, hey, I started a novel. Share it with them. Writings, this and that. And it's like, hey, man, I'm fortunate enough to write some articles for skill set. You should reach out and talk to them. So now, like, and, and you probably had no idea, and you probably have no idea how many times that happens, but your own people are out, like, we seek out our own kind. You know what I mean? So Yes, sir. Now, because of the pride in the, the taken in your brand and what you've done and the the quality over quantity that's clear you've now got that seeking you out correct fabulous so that was my perspective on that question um i'll turn it over to you for a, a better you know no you pretty much answered it you nailed it and and that's really just it you know like it's no different than in the real world like you want to find someone to move you're going to sell your house and you're going to move and all your stuff all your worldly possessions that you can't get rid of that you have such sentimental attack you don't want that crap broken right so you're not just going to do remember the old pages this is going to show my age right here in the old days you would just open up the yellow pages and it would say aaa moving and you would pick the one that maybe had the good yeah. bbb yeah but that's not how it works we don't do that what we really do is get hey bro who'd you use to move your house? They did a great job and they didn't overcharge you. I remember that. Uh, could you give me their number? And that's how it works with you guys and contributors and writers. And when I was putting together this website side of things in digital, we took that same approach that we did on print and we moved it into digital. The only difference being is since now we're from home and this is kind of like our sixth year in it and we've hit some of those pitfalls before, <laughs> I knew a little bit how to navigate the uh, waters, and what I really wanted to do and drive home going forward was find people that really knew what they were writing about. Kevin Estella is a great example of that. Kevin Estella is one of my go-to outdoorsmen. Um, I mean, I see some stuff come down the pipe from my, from my SEO people. Hey, this month, these topics are going to be trending. You know, it'd be good to get some articles put together on this. Boom, 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 boom. I see... Fred Masterson, Force Options USA out there. I see Kevin Estella. Oh, we got something on nutrition. I brought in a girl out of Las Vegas, out of Nevada. All she, she has degrees in this and that and how to eat right and what to work out. And how, boom. You know, you mentioned Marcus earlier. When a Krav Magala article, like, hit my table, who do you think came to mind that was going to write it? Yeah. You know? And that's what I've really tried to do. Now, that doesn't mean that, like, we're not going to let someone try their hand at writing, you know, about how to be a great entrepreneur. But if I want an article on stand-up comedy and how to break into the biz, guess who I'm going to come ask? <laughs> I don't know, man. And this is the great thing about you guys kind of vetting yourselves, man. Like, you're kind of doing that work for us. I would, if you find somebody to write that article, I'd love to read it. I'm trying to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, no, I, I understand that. And your, your viewers on our side, like, as a viewer – um, that's appreciated because it's like you are looking out for the best interest. You're protective of your quality. Again, come back to that word quality. And when you see that, one thing that I love about here working at Patty's is because he's not only just a fantastic human being, he's the smart ones. No, he's like, hey, yeah, this is my place. But he's got a team of smart people in their lanes. That's and right. 
I watch him all the time when people talking to him, this and that, you know, and he'll straight up tell you, he's like, yeah, that sounds great, but you need to talk to Gabe about that. He handles the comedy about marketing. Like, hey, that sounds cool. You need to talk to Tammy. She's about my marketing. You know, that sounds fantastic, but you need to talk to so-and-so. They do you know what I mean. Like, and there's no decision made by one single person. It's like a board. It's needed. Yeah. And they're talked about. So I think, again, the people that I identify and recognize that, it means a lot because it's like this guy's not yeah. going to make sure already that I'm reading some garbage about some doucher writing problem of God that doesn't know what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's from the reader. That's why you have yeah. what you're going to have. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. Being able to delegate and play to your strengths and having a solid team so you make the correct decisions around you, I mean, it's, it's so vital. Every, I don't think there's anybody at the top. I don't think there's any leader or any person in a place of power that doesn't have a strong, supportive group or team or core around them that they can lean on and say, no, this is your, wheel, your wheelhouse. This is what I hired you for. Go knock it out. You know what I mean? If you think you're going to wear the crown – and, and wear all those hats and, and handle it, dude, you're probably, you're probably going to last about a year and be out, no matter what you're doing. You yeah. have to learn to have strong people around you. It works that way in life, and it definitely works that way for a successful brand or business. What you mentioned there, I'm pretty sure it's Henry Ford. If anybody's listening that, that can correct me, please do. But it was Henry Ford way back in the day, um, and I don't think he had a high school education even, you know what I mean? Just he was an entrepreneur and knew was a smart man, obviously. But a reporter, something asked him, he's like, how, how can you, Henry Ford, be running the entire place? That you, or I uh, ask you a question on something. What was the question? I picked up the phone. Somebody in the hills was asking about it. can speak on that. That's how I can do all of this stuff. It, like, like, yeah, he, he birds of a feather is true. You know what I mean? So, yep. Tony, Pena, whatever the old guy, the, the alpha, alpha male in the drip, he's like, you know, show me your um, five best friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. If you're, if you hang out with five millionaires, you're probably going to be the sixth. If you hang out with five car dudes, you're probably going to be the sixth. If you hang out with five bums, you're going to there's a lot of truth to that, man. Like, I always use myself for that, for the same example, man. If you if you rewind the clock 20 years, I wasn't the guy that anyone's looking up to. I'm not the guy to lead. Was I in some leadership roles? Was I functioning? Was I kind of skating through life? Yeah, but I didn't really have any direction, and I definitely wasn't the guy you wanted to take cues from. Once you start developing, it was just like our bowling thing earlier, man. When you're hanging around with good bowlers, guess who else is a good bowler? I couldn't agree with you anymore. You should always pack the room with people, not necessarily that you want to be like, but have those strengths and character qualities that you see in them that make that, that you just kind of go, man, I want that. You know, that guy's up every day at 5 a.m. How does he do that? Let me, you know, oh, man, this guy, like, he only has 15 minutes to work out, but he manages to break it up, and he gets it done, and even every day he gets it in somehow, you know? Or that guy works out for two hours. I wish I could be him. Let let. If you have these kind of people around you and let a little bit of it rub off, man, you're, you're right. You're going to be that sixth guy in the room, no doubt. <laughs> uh, and that, again, it uh, reminded me of something that my conversation um, towards the beginning more, uh, excuse me, and, uh, things that you were do like 20 years ago, yeah, you weren't the greatest, people weren't looking up, but people aren't supposed to look up to a 20-year-old most of the time. You're an anomaly. 
You're 20. People are looking. At you, you know what I mean? We're supposed yeah. to make the mistakes there. But if you, a lot of us, like we're fortunate to have found some things that we are into, like to the cars and the horror masks and things like that and things that I'm into. And so it's easy for us to kind of take that for granted. Um, and so I said, say a lot of times, if you haven't found what you're into yet, that's fine. But you don't sit there all weekend at home bitch about you don't have anything to do, you don't have any hobbies, you don't have any friends, or or don't bitch about something if you are not attempting to fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. It, it, go ahead. No, I was going to say something you touched on there that I think something that I'm guilty of to a certain degree, and I'd love to hear you on this, is like you, 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 hit, you said something that really strikes home. And that's the like, that's something right now that skill set, I'm taking some flack for, which only tells me that I'm on the right direction. Yep. And that's this day one stuff. Because everybody thinks, like, oh, look at him. He's a great bowler. He just threw a, you know, 260 or something. But you didn't do that your first day. You know, this guy didn't step it. This isn't his first title match. You know how many days going back to get to that title match that he started training years ago? And I think so many people overlook that fact. And they're so quick to, I'm going to use a young kid term, throw shade on people that don't know how to shoot right or don't know how to make a horror mask right. Or how much work you have in driving you will outshine talent every day of the week. There are people that have buckets overflowing of talent but can't wake up before noon and get off the couch when they do. Work will outshine them every time. I guarantee you, I am not the smartest person in the room right now. And somehow, I am in charge of this wonderful brand, working alongside all these awesome people. Trust me. Work, work, work. It's the Gary V. Work, work, work. <laughs> yeah. So, a big problem. Yeah, absolutely. And something else I've liked saying lately, and I think Jordan Peterson says it probably more poetically than I Oh, remember. he's the best, man. Jordan, Jordan Peterson is, whoo. I got to go see him in person a few months ago in Raleigh. What? That's awesome. We could spend a whole episode talking about that. That was insane, dude. Um, and I got an autograph uh, poster from him, too. Like, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll send you a, a thumbs-up picture with it later, man. Uh, That's cool. But I think what he says is you can't be the master without first being the fool. No. Fool like idiot. It means fool like you're not supposed to know what you're doing when you first start. Right. Why would you? Like you said it exactly. I think you, I like what you touched on is like you're not going to bowl a 262 without first getting a million gutter balls, without at first getting in the gray board a million times, going to the right, or reading the oil wrong, or move, having the wrong board, or this or that, or going Brooklyn. Like, like fall, was it a Gary V, you know, fall in love with failure. People have yeah. through that. It's like, and you can't get down on yourself. So you gotta, you gotta have short-term amnesia. Like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't win or that didn't work. Cool. You found a way that to not, where you're going, try again. Who cares? You know what I mean? Go and self-esteem and fear of looking dumb, all that stuff. It, it, you, it's how you handle those fails and those speed bumps in life that really shows the true character of who you are. And uh, that's something, again, going back to when I was younger or something, you don't grasp that when you're in your you don't, you don't. That's something that comes with maturity as you get old, especially for us guys. When we get a little earlier, <laughs> but us guys, we definitely don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got about 15 minutes left. Um, so send out any more questions. Appreciate the questions so far. Have we answered everything? 
Um, I, think- uh, I saw one we kind of skipped. I saw people jumping on there. I'll try and do the scroll back up without touching. I think it had something to do with Blade Show. I don't know, man. I was trying to pay attention to you. What stood out for you at Blade Show? Oh, all right. Let, let's go here. Good question. We can, we can do 15 minutes on Blade Show. I, I can do show and tell. Or no. Do it, man. You know what really, you know, like, um, you ever attended SHOT Show? I haven't, but I know what you're talking about. I'm Have you sure. ever? I mean, like, you, you ever been to SEMA or anything? SHOT Show, the difference in industries is, now, I, now I'm a trade show guy. I worked trade shows for a while. I'm in the event industry. But it was funny listening to you talk about, you know, like when your joke doesn't land quite right and how you recovered. I've done a lot of MC work in the past. I've done things for Apple and Caterpillar. And, you know, you remember like the first time you get those little weird butterflies. There's 15 people. I remember our first live show for Skill Set um, in Vegas. And it was during SHOT Show. And you don't know who's going to show up. There's a lot of things going on during an industry week like that. And my attitude was kind of the same way getting back to our burger thing was like, I don't care if there's 10 people when I open that curtain and walk out or there's a packed house, they're getting the best show. Whether it's oh, <laughs> oh. And, uh, and it's funny, like that was the thing for me getting into this Blade Show thing. It felt like everybody was on at that show. And what I mean is the thing that stood out compared to all the other industry shows that I go to, people were so damn nice and people were so genuinely interested. I don't know if it's like this in the stand-up comedian world. It seems like there's, like, you always hear the term outsiders, right? Like, outsiders hear the term, well, he's a comedian's comic, right? He's the comic that, that other comics. And in the knife community at Blade Show, I got to see that firsthand where everybody was so excited about what the maker at the table next to them created or what the guy over there did in Hall 3. Or, and you, there's a lot of ego in the firearms industry. There's a lot of military backgrounds. There's a lot of... You know, there's a lot of testosterone. <laughs> People aren't always complimentary or really shining a light on there because everybody sees everybody as competition because we're, you know, we're all, we all got our house maybe rolled into this endeavor and we want to win. <laughs> but in the knife community, somehow all that was pushed aside and it was the nicest best most like appreciative group of people that I have experienced. It was it was really refreshing to go to Atlanta, Georgia to see something over three days where other people and like really supported the people in there. I mean, they were their competition. You know, they're, they're selling knives just like the guy next to them. And it was really like, it was just so awesome, man. It was, that was the thing that stood out to me to the most. I could talk all day about the awesome knives, the Dwayne Dwyer's, the Strider's, the Microtech's, the, we could do that all day. Yep. But it was the people that were there. And I think that's kind of the thing behind skill set. We've, we've always, sure, it's got knives in it, it's got guns in it, it's got hot rods, but the stories have always been focused, if I'm doing my job right and we're doing our job right, around the people behind the actual tool, implement, or widget that we're writing about. Those are the people that create the brands we know that we like to feature and kind of get behind. Because yeah. you can really see the passion kind of come through into what they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a really awesome thing. It's a really awesome thing. Yeah. Uh, sometimes my ego takes a little strike on that because you get so wrapped up into what these people are doing and then maybe the issue doesn't do as well or the article doesn't, isn't as well received or the Instagram post is a little, and you feel like, oh man, I didn't do these guys the justice they deserve. You know? <laughs> that, oh, that right there, a few other notes, but that, 
is not your ego. That's feeling like, and I feel to show how good the people are. That's not, oh, my, my magazine didn't do great. Oh, man, I'm upset. My, no. Like, <laughs> I do that even when I, come, even when I come on shows like yours, man. I'm, like, doing everything I can to make sure, like, people got to go check it out because I want to make sure, like, I feel like we're our own best cheerleaders, especially with the fight that we have on our hands yeah. nowadays. And yeah. if we're not helping each other out and propping each other up, that's that's the thing that I think's probably probably the one pet peeve of mine that I hate the most within the industry we're in is where it's just the ego sometimes stops us from helping and realizing that the bigger picture of the industry and the community that we have is more important than our ego, if I'm saying that right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, again, a few notes that I had from your previous um, I, as far as egos, yes, because I'm in Fort Bragg, dude. Like, <laughs> if you know, you know those things, like, if you know, you know. Like, I'm smack that middle of Fort Bragg. This is, like, a home base for alpha males, dude. You know what I mean? Dude, you said start a magazine. Like, it's amazing how many, like, I never realized so many people were Navy SEALs. Like, I mean, when you start a magazine, that's, <laughs> everybody's the best knife maker, the best, <laughs> the best auto this. And everybody's a Navy SEAL. Hey, by the way, I used to be a Navy SEAL. All the Navy I, I joke, I joke, but it's a like it just it cracks me up how people will start an email with that. And it's like, man, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just because I'm retiring right now from 20 years in the service and, and moving to um, Alabama, and I'm yeah. To, thank you for that, way. Thank uh, you for your service, man. I appreciate it. Um, but around here. Because I like, to shoot. I've been infantry. I've done some cool stuff and CQB and all that. I've worked with Navy SEALs, but <laughs> it's so it, it turns you off so much because everybody around here has got the old operator look. You know what I mean? The flannels and ball caps and the, like. She's like, dude, bro, man, like make it. Like I want kids to shoot on the weekend. That's what everybody does. You know what I mean? And it is, and it's not to make each other better. As a red light special right there, a little TLC. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, and it's not about what you are with the knife community talking about and the other ones where it's not, let's make everybody better. Let's go. I'm going to show him up. Yeah. Cause the ego gets in the way. So it's not, yeah. it's almost like I can't wait to get away from this place so I can go shoot in peace. I'll set up my own, I'll build my own ranges and my own land. You know what I mean? And then I'll practice my mag changes and my draws and my failure, like all that stuff. One thing too, um, yeah, the community, uh, communities are big, dude. And I haven't found too many that are like that to where you, to where they turn you off. I mean, like I've done a lot of different things from 5Ks, 10Ks, triathlons, um, uh, the CrossFit comps are crazy. Highland did through tournaments. I'm not, I'm not a champion. I've, I've got my participation medals. That's about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I show up and did them to get the experience to find the things that I liked. But every one of those, exactly what you're talking about in the knife show, the knife community. I, I, you can tell people show up and doing. If, if you're into it and somebody shows up, and you, you can tell they're like, yeah, they don't have the right gear, they don't have this or that. So yeah. you kind of watch them for tell that they genuinely have interest in it. And then most communities, hey Ben, come over, show you this, bro. Like, you know, try that, try this instead of that. Pins up here. Every one of those things that I've done, 99% of the people are fantastic, and they're just excited that you're checking out their world and their community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
So it is, like you said, I like how you touched on it. You nailed that one. It's like we understand it's for the betterment of the community, whatever it is. Whether it's nine cars or that, you know, and like the Highland Games, man. The dudes weren't built, throwing the stuff. I've done a couple of Oh, the big log thing. That one always. The caber talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's nuts, dude. But it's fun. It's kind of liberating to kill, too. I can't lie. Uh, <laughs> but beer and throwing heavy stuff. But they were the coolest dudes. And it'd be easy to look at them like big, huge monster guys that, with the beards and rough. They looked like, oh, I bet they're so mean. But I just showed up, you know what I mean, to do it. Some of the coolest guys in the world. They're like, hey, Mo, check it out. You know, hold it, hold, keep it in here tight. You know, and it's the same thing in those communities. That's why I like doing those because I know that people – aren't going to judge me. Oh, look at that idiot. He's got a da-da-da. No. And then what I like about the knife show, how you mentioned, is everybody wanted to know what the table next to him was doing because they are striving to get better. And oh, yeah. Like when you deserve it. If your shit's that dope, then it's like, dude, man, you've seen Ben's stuff. Go check his table. And then they are, it's again, for the betterment of the community and also striving to make their own game better, becoming the best bladesmith they can. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it was really neat to just, again, it was really refreshing to see people openly sharing like what maybe you would think is, you know, ninja knowledge or something that only elite magicians get to practice late at midnight. And I'm not telling you it took me 20 years. To... No, nah, dudes were just like, oh, no, you got to grind it this way. Or this material works better if it's heat. Oh, once you heat treat that, you can't do X, Y, Z. Like, it was really cool to just openly see all that information on display right out there being shared. Because you don't get that in every industry. You really don't. Hey, man, I'm a recovering cyclist, right? And the last, um, the last shop that I used to ride for when I raced, it was actually a triathlete shop. And one of the things we did was we all it – was, it was a friend of mine. And he, it, was always, he, it was always his dream, him and his wife, to buy a shop. So they bought a shop. That was kind of like their retirement project. We're going to buy a shop. Just – they had to do it, right? And the rest of us guys, we would hang out and help all you triathlon guys, man. We would chum the waters and volunteers for the Ironman that would blow through in the kayaks, and you kind of talk people out of quitting. And, hey, you need wheels, man? We got extra wheels for you. Come by the shop, you know? Like, they want too much for renting. You're just in town. It, that community, in the cycling world, it's pretty alpha. I don't care what anybody says. Go crit race on a weekend, and it's like hockey in your underwear. We're all fighting for this much space. You guys in the triathlete world, way nicer, way more kind, way more apt to lend somebody a wheel. It, it, it was awesome, man. Like it's, it's fun when you find those communities, and, you, and it kind of makes me kind of sit back and self-assess and go, you know what? I should be a little bit – I got another good one for you. Here's a good one for you. When I was a kid, I had two things in my life I wanted to be, and I've said this many times, but it didn't really hit me until, like, I was in my 40s and this happened, Right? I said I was going to be a biker or a trucker. Now, maybe it had something to do with the TV shows I was watching or where I was born in Western PA. I don't know. But eventually, I got to the point in my life where I could buy that first Harley Davidson. And one day, what happened to me when I was a kid happened in real life as an adult. I look over, and there's two kids in the backseat of, like, a Nissan Altima or something. I don't know. And they're looking out the window, and they've got that wide eye, like, oh, look at this guy. And you know what I didn't do? I didn't do this. Yeah, I did this. And I smiled and I waved and I was the dork on the Harley. And I, because those, all those things that I thought guys were growing up, you come to find out years later are not the right guys to look up to and idolize. <laughs> That's no way. So I kind of make it my mission now, like, 
Don't be that guy with the tough, mean look in the gun shop when he walks in. Don't be the guy on the Harley with the mean look. When he, don't be the asshole at the triathlon meet that looks unfriendly when you just want to know how to get your shoes on quicker. I should have left them in the pedals clipped yeah. in. Okay, that's yeah. a great transition. Be the guy that smiles and waves. Be the welcoming face that people want to come over and ask how to get more involved in the sport or how they can get better or faster or quicker. That's the guy you want to be. That, that's the person you want to be, if we want to <laughs> be a little bit more correct. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely correct. I talk forever, but I won't. <clears throat> and especially, too, that can help you if you're unhappy with that and if you want to be happier. Because I don't think anybody necessarily – no one that's going through, like, a particular, like, nasty situation. I get it sometimes, like, you're going to be down and depressed now. Yeah. If regular, if you're just regular life and no – catastrophic things have happened and you're in a funk do exactly what you said like do those things on the outside because our, our body language our emotions the internal stuff is typically going to follow those absolutely right man i completely completely agree with that and uh let's see i had a couple more things we're, we're going on nine o'clock we'll start wrapping it up any last last call for any questions if you guys have any um oh talking about triathlons dude they might be nicer but i tell you what in the swim portion, man, I've gotten I've got so many throat punches and fin like kicks in the neck. It's oh yeah! Oh, dude, my friend, oh yeah! I was not ready for that. I was like, damn, dude, you're like, buh, 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 buh. you don't know where it's coming from. Uh, but it's fun. But just keep swimming, boy. Um, but the moral of the story for that one is, I like it. It's around here everywhere. So don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. I think that's the bigger thing with what's going on in the world right now, and especially in our country, that people are missing the point on. It's like everybody's kind of like every. I shouldn't say everybody. Everybody that gets it is saying, well, "What can I do to make a difference? And how can I change things?" And and maybe they're not. Maybe they're negatively, kind of passive aggressively going, "Well, what can I do?" This everything you and I have been talking about is what you can do to help the country and help the world get back on track. You take care of this. You do the right things every day. You smile and open that door regardless of who's coming through it. You put it out there. And trust me, if everybody does that, the world will get back on track. The country will get back on track. If we all just better, be better versions of ourselves every day, we will fix this country. We will right the ship. And in turn, we will still be the country that the rest of the world looks up to. Because I, I, I promise you, <laughs> what you're seeing on the news and what you're hearing right now on this little device is not the sentiment of most of the people in the world wishing they could be in your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> and no, you said it right, man. A couple things. Um, again, last call for questions. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, work on yourself. Fix, fix yourself. Then fix, fix yourself. Your <laughs> fix then fix your family. Then fix your friends. Then fix your community. Then your state. Then your country. Then your world. Too many people think world when their home life's all screwed up if you can't yeah. your own house you can't do your own dishes you have zero right to tell anybody how to do something else claps buddy claps preach <laughs> and but like i i try again we're twins you know what i mean but with practice i've gotten better doing that first get in a habit of learning how to check yourself or at least having those good people that that you keep each other accountable yes and that doesn't, Correct. again, that doesn't mean that, hey, Ben, I, I need to start going to the gym, man. Make sure I do that. No, no, no. That's, okay, 
Well, I'm, I'll call and ask you if you went to the gym, but take your ass. To, if you want to go to the gym, that shit's on you. You're not. This is yeah. not a chance to shift blame. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Blame, don't be blaming anybody else. Shit happens. No, you're absolutely right. It, you got to take the good with the bad. Good things in your life happen. Take credit for it. Bad things in your life happen. Own up to it. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, so we're talking about integrity here. That's one of the things that I personally respect and admire the most is when somebody has done something wrong and they own up to it. Like, hey, I I screwed up. I was wrong, and I admit that. Either now I'm trying to figure out how to rectify it or this or that. And it's fun too. Like, anytime I've had young Marines or soldiers or anything like that, or I've been in a position where I screw up, I, I'm going to – and I work. Makes things better quick. I'm going to my boss or my leader or whatever and telling them right off the bat, like, hey, man, I just spilled a gallon of milk. I'm not trying to hide it with newspaper. I, because they're the ones, most of the time, they're going to be like, Ben, you idiot. You know what I mean? All right, well, let's see what we need to do. It's going to make, it's going to make the, make it easier on you. Own up to it right off the bat. Don't try to hide it. And just, yeah, if you get in trouble, you get in trouble, but own up to your stuff. Because that to me, if, if you could look in the eyes and say, hey, I was wrong, that says a lot, again, about the person. Absolutely, man. No, it speaks volumes about the character, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I have situations. We mentioned Marcus at the beginning of the show. I don't think it's any secret that him and I are pretty close. Um, I told him I had something going on, like, I think a year or so ago, where I was like, you know, I'm probably not handling the best, and I'm probably going to regret this later. I'm probably going to look back and go, I should have, I could have handled this situation. And you kind of know it, like, when it's happening, like, yeah. man, like, I didn't really do all I could on that one, you know? And and then sometimes, like, hearing you having that accountability, that guy, that friend to kind of go, yeah, you could have done that better. <laughs> like, but, it, but it's true, like, hearing it come out of your own mouth, like, it's really, like, you've got to take those moments and realize how much you've grown as a person first to just be able to admit that to yourself because it's hard for us, especially nowadays when people have kind of developed this person of who we are as our identity, and it's so hard to smack it off and just go, no, I'm not pro uh, Nutri-Grain bar. I'm anti-Flavorade or <laughs> like. It's a hard thing for people to knock this idea because we all want to be attached to something. We want to be that person or that guy. Or, and the ego gets bruised real easily. So when we find ourselves making mistakes or not handling situations correctly, you know, sometimes we don't own up to them as well as we should just because we let this identity kind of take control of the persona that we think people expect us to be. I know like the higher up the, the, the ladder that you climb, right? People expect you to always, but that's not the case. At the end of the day, you're human too. And you just got to, it's like you said, you just got to own up to it when you make those mistakes. You know what, man, that was on me. I should have, I should have handled that, but I should have, I should have made that decision to do this. And I didn't, I did that. And sorry guys, I'll try harder next time. Uh, you know? Yeah. You know, this whole thing could be a bust. Yeah. And people could say, what did you do? You should have kept it a standalone. And when that day comes, I'll go, yeah, maybe looking back, that wasn't the best thing. But right now, it's like uh, this many pages of awesome, so you should go out and get it. If you still like to support skill set and all things 2A and freedom, does it get much more freedom than that? I don't know. I think I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but 
There's some people on this page that don't represent what the evil left is saying we all look like. I can't I'm just saying. <laughs> French fries is wafting my nose. That's how American that is right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's one of the things you can always count on skill set for is to kind of go like way over the top with our patriotism. It's kind of like our marquee. It's kind of like what we're known for. I love it. So I love it. And so the last thing I would say on what we were talking about is you own it up. That's that's very hard. Another thing that's extremely difficult that most people have trouble with is forgiving yourself. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because we. How much time we got? <laughs> I know, right? Maybe we'll have to do another episode. I um, I'll I'll give you a quick one. Yeah. Sometimes and. Sometimes, and, and, you know, we've mentioned his name a few times. His head is huge at this point. But Marcus is a good reminder of you don't realize everybody that's looking at you sometimes. And I had a situation. Most of my life, I didn't handle things right. I just did it. I'm a guy. All right? That's my excuse. Okay? <laughs> and I was a very slow learner. I have this problem where from the time I was 10 to, like, even yesterday, my wife, if you ask my wife, I always think I'm right, and I know everything, and you're not going to change what <laughs> So I'm constantly having to beat that back into submission. But one time, this situation happened to me where I had a friend that was battling with uh, his alcohol addiction. And he came to me, and he knew some stuff that I had been through in my life. And I never would have expected this kid. I say kid. He's got a, I got about 10 years on him. I never would have expected to hear him say, when did you learn to forgive yourself? Because I've dealt with people my age or older that I still see going through things that haven't asked themselves that question yet. And it was, it kind of caught, like I got goosebumps just thinking about it now. I was not expecting it to hear from that. I didn't, I didn't realize that person looked at me that way. I didn't realize they thought about me that way. And I couldn't believe how much strength this person had across the table for me that they would ask another man that question so openly and honestly. It really, you know, it touched me. It hit me. And it really rang home with the kind of responsibility that we all carry around and walk a world, around in, in this world. You never know how other people perceive you and how other people look up to you. And therefore, it should go back to doing what you said earlier. Always smile. Always open that door. Always apologize. Always try to be on time. Always, you nailed it, Dustin. Like, you got to always try to do the right things because you just don't know who's looking your direction and how it's going to affect their lives down the line. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel that too. And the only thing I that, like you're, when you're wrong, we all all the time. But how to forgive ourselves, man. Tough. So, yeah. Right, man. Appreciate you. Um, spotlight that just do the do one of my like one step one step time doesn't matter what you're struggling with getting up on time or this or that one rep once time yep I love it Ben thank you so much Thank you, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks for the patience that we finally made this work. Again, everybody, I apologize for my uh, language tonight. I was just excited, carried up at the moment. Um, so That's my fault. 
That's my fault. I get us started. I get people riled up, and then I go. <laughs> That's all. You guys, don't don't be mad at him. Be mad at me. <laughs> um, so everybody, thanks for joining, and thanks for just sticking around for all of season one. You know, this is it. Um, we'll be picking back up in uh, season two in September. We got some exciting things working. We'll come back, we'll revamp a little bit, stepping our game up because you know just the people that we've become involved in. I'm I couldn't be more grateful, man, and it's humbling for me. The, the fact that I still get to do this. And like you said, dude, it can be heavy sometimes when I'll still get those time to time. Somebody sends a random message that you would be like, I had no idea they looked at me this way. Right. I still remember one time a few months ago, somebody was like, uh, I didn't get to do a show one Wednesday. And they were like, oh, man, because I that's really like the highlight of my week. I changed my schedule. I stays going to watch the show. That's Oh my gosh. That's heavy. Holy shit. Yeah. That's heavy. You know, it's, it's just, I, I just can't express how thankful I am for all the support and all the people that I met like yourself. You know what I mean? It's fantastic. So well, I'm so glad you reached out to me, man. This is awesome. I hope it's the start of a beautiful uh, relationship. <laughs> also too, my goal is, uh, and what, I tell you what I like, um, kind of going back to Slog's question about the writers, because we talked about that. And that's one of my things about that's why I want to kind of bring this to a close a start, uh, you know, and we are revamping the show and everything, but I want to be able to focus on my writing and get some articles to you because um, we it's real easy to get a lot of things going on at once. You know what I mean? Especially, when oh, we're, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, hey, let's pause this for a little bit while we rework it. And I want to focus on some of my writing. So it's my goal. Um, say, I don't know. Time frame model. It's six months. So hopefully gets approved by and I so gonna earn it. You know what I mean? Like what was or is like there's no nothing personal this or that. If I turn every piece that I write, then we try to rework it. We try to fix it. It's never like, oh come on man, just love me in your magazine. No, dude. I don't want to get there unless I know that I've earned it. You know what I mean? So that's something else I appreciate about what you do. So great. So, Ben, for your time, skill set match. I'll throw up a story post after this with uh, your handle, skill set, and Marcus. I'm plugging Marcus. Anything. But such a great. <laughs> yes. So, tell us. <laughs> hey, let's close it out. Tell us where we can find the hard copy. Tell us how to get the. Um, the digital stuff and then we'll close out it's easy man it just uh this issue just went on sale yesterday and um we're simple you can find us on instagram at skillset mag you can find us on the web at skillsetmag.com everything you need to know is right there just follow all the links when you get there sign up for the newsletter and you'll never miss anything and i tell everyone like um just we're all in this together man like it's one big community share the word spread the word have some fun with it like yeah i like what i do and i want to keep on doing it and uh, that requires you guys. <laughs> Again, I'm very grateful for everything. Um, I'll throw up a story with these. Get get right there. Check out the magazine. I got a couple pictures I'm going to send you. I got a Rambo. Uh, please do. Please do. Hey, man, please do. Absolutely. We'll post it in the next issue. Oh, dude. Oh, I got you. I got you, Bo. <laughs> hey, that's one thing we've done since day one is skill set fam. We're, I really mean that. I joke about like, share, subscribe, like all the YouTubers do. But we're nothing without you guys. And from day one, we've kind of shown our appreciation in the back of the magazine by putting everybody's photos in there, 
putting them in the weekly newsletter, sharing them with the rest of the skill set fam across the world because we're worldwide at this point, baby. Yeah. And everybody likes to see those smiling faces. So take a picture with the mag, throw up that way of the gun, and I promise you're going to see yourself staring back at you one of these days. Love it, man. <laughs> Everybody for joining us, and we will see you in September for CW Season 2.